The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillo wranglers use a whistle that blows at a certain frequency that can only be heard by armadillos and by very drunk people? And if armadillos are very drunk, they can't hear it. So if you're an armadillo wrangler, you have to be drunk all the time to hear your whistles. And if you're an armadillo and you don't want to be wrangled, you also have to be drunk all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) For more armadillo-related facts and to unlock bonus content, please check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 7 through 9 of Lord of Chaos, book 6 of The Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, Matt tries to get lucky with a local waitress, but it turns out his luck does not extend to love. <laughs> Matt gets a visit from Rand, who just rants at him for about 20 minutes and then disappears through a magic portal. Good talk, bro. After a long night of boozing and dancing, Matt decides that now it's finally time to march on Samael. Uh, speaking of, the Forsaken are all up to various shades of no good. We get to see how both Grendel and Simraj let loose and have a good time. One of those two is distinctly more into torture and murder, and I bet you won't take two tries to guess which one that is. <laughs> Chapter 7, A Matter of Thought, Icon of the Terangriel Ring. Uh, Elaine and Nynaeve are going to tell Aran Riyad... Although not to meet the wise ones this time, they're going to babysit slash train the older Aes Sedai in, their, in the world of dreams. I mean, we learned that uh, Elaine can make dream rings now, which is... Yeah, she makes crappy ones. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're you know, like knockoffs, the, the ones made in... <laughs> the gouchy bags. <laughs> yeah. Dram rings. But that's still pretty impressive. It is super impressive. I wonder if any of the other Aes Sedai can do that, now Maybe. that she knows how to do it. She she hasn't had time to teach anybody, though, really. They just had her making Terangriol. It sounds like they've been <laughs> they've kind of had her in a sweatshop of Terangriol making, right? <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting point that, you know, this, this is a very useful skill, but she talks about how dangerous it is to test these things, which is something I hadn't really considered. She's making Terangriol, and we know that, you know, when you're using a Terangriol, there's like a 10% chance it's just going to burn you out or something, right? Right, yeah. And she doesn't even know if she's making one that's going to burn you out or not, because her results are unreliable. <laughs> I really wish we got more information about how she was making them. That's really interesting to me, and she makes the point of saying that the materials she uses, they used to be something. So one of them used to be stone, and another one of them used to be amber, but we don't know what they are now. Yeah, she said that... She was manipulating them at a level that you can't see even with the one power. So I think she's referring, she says the smallest parts of the thing. So I think she's referring to, to atoms, right? She's somehow changing the, the molecules to different molecules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and so they could be super radioactive now or something. We don't know. Yeah, we won't find out for another 15 years, I suppose. Yeah. But in super Aes Sedai fashion, nobody gives a shit that... They, none of them give a shit that she's doing some amazing thing that hasn't been done in hundreds, if not thousands of years. They're just, you're, they're just using her to get mm-hmm. at them. Yeah, for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're just like, they've settled into life with their captive forsaken. They're just kind of going about their day-to-day lives. Uh, Nynaeve has learned that she can do healing on 
animals, but the size of the animal matters. It's just kind of interesting stuff that they're up to, you know? They're, they're yeah. all, they're just pushing forward the, the knowledge of, yeah. of the one power. Really? None of the other Aes Sedai are interested in this kind of research stuff? It's, it's frustrating, really, yeah. And I guess uh, Egwene is still out of action. I, she, she was she, injured in the, the... Yeah, she caught some shrapnel when Lanfear exploded gotcha. out of that wagon right after she skinned Kadir. <laughs> That's right. Poor Kadir. <laughs> he was a bad guy. I mean, you know, he was just trying to do the best dark friend job he could do. <laughs> I really wonder if Robert Jordan is setting us up for there to be a huge massacre of Aes Sedai from Saladar because he he's setting it up really strongly that these Aes Sedai are so blinded to everything else but serving their own individual purposes mm-hmm. that I have to wonder if he's making that into that's going to be their their downfall. Because um, yeah. that's a pretty common trope, isn't that's it? That's a good point. Well, it's what has been happening to the Terran lords and the Kyrian lords and the Aeol. Mm-hmm. They're all busy with their own crap. And then Rand shows up and says, you know, there's something more important going on right now. And he says that by killing a bunch of them. Yes. So the downfall of the self-serving. Yeah. What I found frustrating in that same vein is their, their, their stubbornness about sharing knowledge. Mm-hmm. As an organization where so much of their power is based on information, whether it's knowledge of the one power and its use or knowledge of society, politics, whatever, being so restrictive about sharing that information puts them at a huge disadvantage. Well, they're so divisive too, because sure, they're all Aes Sedai, but right now they're divided between the White Tower and Saladar. They're also divided into all their different Ajas, and then each one of them is kind of doing their own thing too. They're not cohesive at all, really. Yeah, a, a theme that we keep seeing is, you know, people, all of the Aes Sedai seem to hold back, you know, their own little secrets. They each have those secrets they don't share with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's so risky because if something happens to one of these Aes Sedai, which seems to happen fairly frequently, that knowledge is lost. That that, that advantage is no longer you know, there. Maybe this is, it's a little strange because these Aes Sedai come from all over the place, you know. And the only thing they really have in common is they went through Aes Sedai boot camp in the White Tower. But maybe, in Jordan's opinion, there it's a function of somebody whose power doesn't come from anybody else. You know, they're all powerful people just in their own right. And they don't need an army and they don't need people helping them really. Mm-hmm. Because they can all, you know, kill you with their mind or something. Yeah. So maybe, to them, they none of them have ever had to learn the skills of cooperation or information sharing. I wonder if it also could be sort of a backlash after because the the last time the world broke it's because a bunch of I said I were working together oh yeah it's possible I I feel like uh, they are as a result uh, objectively weaker because none of them have all the information none of them know all the things yeah. and therefore they can't collaborate on whatever making those things better you yeah, know but up to this point even the weaker version of them was still more powerful than anybody else in the world so maybe they didn't even know it that's true. Yeah. So they're speaking of weakness. Elaine and Nynaeve are teaching them to dreamwalk, and they're just the worst imaginable students. I know. This is, uh, speaking of frustrating things, right? <laughs> yeah. They they go to the dreamwalk. They they don't listen to anything Elaine and Nynaeve tell them because their relative ranks in the Aes Sedai organization are so much higher than Elaine and Nynaeve, so they don't think they have to listen. Even though this is clearly a very dangerous place to be, a very dangerous thing to be doing, and they're going to the White Tower to spy, which 
I would say is probably the second most dangerous place to go in the world of dreams after Shial Gull, right? Uh huh. Because I mean, they know there's Black Aja there. They know that there's if anybody can dreamwalk, it's there, right? Yep. And they, they, yeah, they seem to be taking very little caution with this. Um, I, I guess I see why they're so aggressive in pursuing this because they see huge potential here. I mean, they're talking about the idea of spying on dreams, yeah. and they're of right they're about super that. Super into that, you know. And I, on the other hand. This is kind of like a shoe is on the other foot thing because Elaine and Nynaeve and Egwene both did exactly this. That's they true. just charged in and they were like, yeah, sure, it's dangerous, whatever, I don't care. That's a good point. And it uh, didn't go great for them either. <laughs> yeah. So they go to the White Tower and they read it light as mail, which is what this power is useful for. <laughs> it's not the worst idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it turns out Elida is a tyrant, seems to be losing control of the White Tower. Um, she's also sending an embassy to Rand, they find that out. I'm sure that's going to work out really well. Yeah, it's going to go great. Uh, lots of rumors of news and stuff that we already kind of know, sort of don't know. But we do get one hard number for the first time ever. We find out that Elida has 294 Aes Sedai in the tower, and that is nearly one-third of the Aes Sedai. Oh. Okay, there we go. So we know that there are approximately what? 600. Nine, nine. 900. Wait, how many? Oh, 294. Yeah. <laughs> I can do math. So there's approximately 900 Aes Sedai in the world. Yeah. Which, which is more than I thought, I guess. That's actually more than I thought, too. But I guess mm, we didn't see them all in the tower. They keep talking about how empty the tower is. That seems like a lot of people for one tower. I mean, maybe it's a really big tower. Maybe it used to have thousands of people in it. Yeah. But uh, and, and it's interesting to me that there are so many out in the field. I, I got the impression that other than the Blue Aja, most Aes Sedai don't go out into the world and interact with people, but they said there's a full third who are just out in the wilds. Yeah, I think they go do researching or something like that. The Browns do, and I imagine that the Greys are going to different countries, mm -hmm. um, sort of like roving circuit judges. Yeah, right? Negotiators? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I, I would have expected to see more Aes Sedai around then, actually. If there's 900 of them and say 300 of them are out in the world at a time, You maybe you wouldn't have seen one in the two rivers, but you would have seen one in Bear Lawn, right? We do hear, I mean, not up until now, but it, even in this book, I think we hear reference to them occasionally seeing, hearing about, I think it's, Rand says, oh, there are a couple of ice that I hear, but they got out of town when, yeah. when I showed up, you know, so maybe they're just hanging around the big cities and not making a big deal about right. the fact that they're there. But And I guess it's not like they light up in the dark. You probably wouldn't notice them in a lot of cases walking down the street. Yeah. And I, I suspect it is to their advantage to not publicize their, their presence in a lot of places in the world. Yeah. I guess the, uh, the Aes Sedai are also meeting with the wise ones, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. they <laughs> Have an arrogance off? They, they must have a horrible arrogance off. I, I assume all these people are just terrible to deal with. Yeah, that, that, that interaction is a place I would not prefer to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like the Aes Sedai don't like it either because it... At later in the chapter, I think Elaine thinks the only time they listen to us is the night before they're going to meet the wise ones because they're studying for the test, and then the night after the wise ones when they try and figure out what went wrong. Yeah, because we know what that interaction looks like. I mean, the, the Aes Sedai are used to being all essentially all-powerful in the world, mm -hmm. but in the world of dreams, the wise ones are... Yeah. Speaking of, in the tower, the Aes Sedai just walk right into a nightmare, which they've been warned about over and over again, but they... they Go straight for it. And they clearly haven't been listening because they try and channel against the nightmare. But that that means accepting that it's real, which is not how the world of dream works. That means they get trapped in it. 
and Elaine and Juan Sanchez have to save them. Yeah, this is a really fucked up nightmare they stumble into, too. It's just like a torture nightmare, I guess, right? They're all being tortured in different ways. And yeah. everything physical that happens, happens to them in the real world, too. Yeah, they, they actually get burned. They actually get stretched on the rack. Yeah, Elaine is putting herself into a tremendous amount of danger to have to go and save them from mm-hmm. themselves. Because she has to jump into the nightmare in order to be able to talk to them. Because she has to get them to focus on making it not real. Man, yeah. if only someone had warned them about how to deal with exactly the situation, I mean, right? should... A reasonable person would take this as a clear lesson that it's time to start listening, you know? Uh I wonder if there's something autobiographical in there. Because I remember my father, he was was in the Marines, actually, during Vietnam. And I remember him telling me once that the single most frustrating aspect of it was having to obey the um, commands of a CO who was just stupid. Mm -hmm. um, And would not listen to anybody who was of a lower rank. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a that. clear parallel here, right? I mean, these Aes Sedai take their their hierarchy so seriously that they can't learn anything from these two people who are in every way more knowledgeable and skillful in in, in this area. Yet lower ranked. Yet lower ranked. I mean, this this is a, you could see this as a great opportunity for them if they were willing to like see it, you know. Mm-hmm. But but they're stupid about it, and everybody is. Mm-hmm directly put in physical danger because of it. Yeah, they would have all died if Elaine and Swan hadn't been there to save them. That's right. Something occurred to me. So when you're in the dream, you can change your body and make yourself different shapes and things Mm -hmm. like that, right? Can you heal yourself in the dream using the same ability? That's a good question. Why not, right? Think, you know, that cut on Elaine's neck, I just think it away and then, hey, it's gone. They don't seem to be doing that. I I wonder why. you You can't picture yourself... With a different face and then wake up with a different face. Mm-hmm. You can't give yourself a tail or something. <laughs> That's a good point. So those maybe those kinds of changes aren't the same as having damage done to you. Maybe those are illusory. And uh, I guess on the way out, Elaine walks into just another existential threat, right? She stumbles into damage, Jed. I, oh. She doesn't know it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she goes to the, the throne room in Camelin and, and gets mad at Rand for putting up his own throne. Which, he he earned it. Come on. I mean, he kind of did, right? Yeah, but Demander is there. And, yeah, so, like, she's fine. But, you know, after just having this experience, and she goes, like, off by herself, she could have just died right then and there, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and just bumps into a forsaken. Yeah, the, the dream is just not a place you should be hanging out, you know? <laughs> no. But can we talk about how delusional Elaine is, though? She keeps talking about wanting to make Rand her warder. He's the dragon. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I I, hope. I'm not 100% sure. I hope what she means is do a warder bond on him so that they can be super close and besties forever. And she'll know if anybody's like, if Min is fondling him or something. I, but she doesn't mean she wants him to work for her. I still her find her. the idea a little ridiculous, though. I mean, the idea that, that Moran's going to agree to have a warder bond, because that does give her a certain aggr- amount of control over him, doesn't it? Yeah, right. So so he wouldn't do that. But she seems convinced, insistent that that's going to be the thing that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to put that water bond on him, even though he's the dragon reborn. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, it, it struck me as ridiculous too, Alice. Mm-hmm. Also, how does that work if, with a man who can channel? We don't know. Well, how does it work with a man who's insane? Mm-hmm. We don't, is she going to start hit, hearing Luz Theron in her head if she bonds him? Can Rand bond somebody? Right? I don't know, maybe. I, I think they said that it's not known if men can bond uh, I, when they were doing when Elaine was bonding Brigida 
I think that we also learned that that that's a new talent or a new ability. I think I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Grendel says this is an interesting thing that these primitives have discovered this ability to yeah. spawn thing. Oh no, it wouldn't Grendel it was Simiraj because she just she sees it when she's torturing that yeah, order. Right, yeah. So it's something that I guess didn't exist when men could channel or when there were men who could channel. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I Something else that was frustrating to me is this. I I know that this is an important kind of plot component, but Swan and Leanne's little like ploy <laughs> to, of disliking each other is... It's getting annoying, I guess. It just It feels absurd. Like, it feels so choreographed that... I can't understand how it would be believable if that makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Like every time they they ha- they do it, it's just like so. I don't know, superficial. I, I can't. I can't. It seems it seems obvious. Yeah. And also, I, I believed it more the first few days when they were in Saladar, but as the weeks go by, people are going to remember that these people were besties for a long time. You would think not only besties, but both of them are master manipulators, right? Nynaeve does think that. I said I don't like to be around or think about women who have been stilled. Mm-hmm. So maybe nobody's just paying attention to them. I guess, but they're giving them a significant amount of power despite not paying any attention to them, right? Mm-hmm. I see how Swan became in charge in the first place because these people don't seem to be that smart, honestly. No. Yeah, the, I think I think Jeff, you might have said something like, "I don't know why Elaine and Nynaeve are sticking around," and I'm beginning to feel more and more like that. Mm-hmm. Like these. I said, I kind of suck. I'm not sure what Elaine and Nynaeve are getting out of this bargain, you know? like Yeah, because they're, they're not even learning anymore, right? They're teaching, right? Yeah, they're teaching. They're doing their own research. They're, te- they're, they're teaching novices. And they're teaching their superiors how to do these things that they've learned how to do. What's, what's in it for them? I mean, this, I guess this place, Saladar can't even make them full Aes Sedai and give them that authority. And... Swan and Leanne are already trying to get the Saladar Aes Sedai on Rand's side. Elaine and Nynaeve want that, but there's not anything they can do about it. Nobody listens to them. Yeah. They don't know. Maybe yeah. they have nowhere else to go. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose that's true, though. They could just go to Rand, right? Uh, I guess so, but what is he? Well, he could be crazy, right? They don't know. Yeah, that's but true. Nynaeve thinks about that a lot in the next chapter. That is true. Chapter 8. The storm gathers, icon of Adam. So Nynaeve just had her night completely wasted in the dream world. They just sent her on a stupid errand that took all of her time. I want to, I, I want to point out just like a, a quote from the beginning. It's not important, but it just struck me. Nynaeve woke up the next morning in the first light feeling grumpy. And I was just like, so like every day? <laughs> yeah. Wasted words, we know that. <laughs> Nynaeve woke up. <laughs> could have just said that she woke up because, yeah. And she goes looking for Mogedian, and Mogedian is being kept as a drudge, like doing laundry and stuff, which to me seems like she, Nynaeve is putting everybody around Mogedian in extreme danger here. Because this, this woman, Nildra, who's the taskmistress, who's kind of keeping Mogedian busy all the time and, and treating her like crap, Mogedian is going to do something really, really bad to her if she ever gets loose. And she's very good at getting loose. That's a good point. And also, Mogedian is extremely manipulative. All she has to do is get somebody to take that collar off her. Mm-hmm. And you've got a big problem, right? Elaine, we know, makes lesser versions of artifacts. And this is an Adam that she made. Oh, that's a good point. Mm. <laughs> we don't know that this thing is, like, going to keep working, right? 
Yeah, don't you think they should have at least given everybody some sort of a heads up? Like, hey, don't let this woman, you know, get you to take off her collar. But then, but they can't say that because then people would start asking questions. Yeah, you know, they, they could have uh, made Mogedian hide the collar with magic, which they didn't well, do that either. That's true. Yeah, she had to. So, so she's wearing card. a silver, like, choker that somebody might ask her about. Yeah, why doesn't she just walk up to an ice and eye when nobody else is looking? Be like, hey, this is itchy. Take it off me or something. Right, yeah. Or Could you help me with the clasp on this? It's, yeah, like, oh. go to a servant. Like, I'll give you a silver piece if you take this necklace off me. Yeah. I think they're not so easy to take off, though, right? It's not just like a... There's a hidden clasp, but it's it's something you can do. It's just not obvious, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this just seems like a extremely high threat that they're putting everybody around them in. But I guess there's not much they can do about it, right? Like, they can't really get around that because they don't control what happens to Mogedian at this point. In fact, I think it was Mirel, Mirel who has her go work in the in the laundry because she's kind of needling it naive. Yeah. I, I So I don't know. I mean, what would you do, right? Like, maybe killer is the right thing, right? But I think got, that's definitely the right thing. We talked about that. Yeah, they've got the... I think that some, th- some of the things they know are low-hanging fruit that are very valuable to know. But at this point, Nynaeve thinks about how Mogedian makes it so hard for us to get information out of her. And she's not a very good teacher. And there's not much else we can ask her about because we don't know what to ask. The so, one good thing that they're doing, though, is making Brigida hang out around her. That's a good idea, yeah. Brigida can watch her. If Brigida can watch her most of the time, then it's not a problem. I think if, you know, if I had to guess that Nynaeve has a a very strong, selfish interest in this because this is the only way she can channel without being mad. Mm, yeah. This is uh, her wizard battery, so she has a vested interest mm-hmm. in keeping this wizard alive. Right. Nynaeve and Elaine are both accepted now, mm-hmm. which means they, they're self-directed in their studies. They can go do whatever they want, pretty much, as long as they're learning. And Nynaeve thinks about Lan all the time. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, you know, the, 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 I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. So we know that Lan is, based on what we've learned previously, Lan is likely now bonded to Myrell, right, Myrell? I think that's right. Mm-hmm. And we know that Myrell is kind of leaning hard on Nynaeve. Do you think that's related? Yeah, maybe. That would make sense. Uh, like she's trying to push Nynaeve to get raised to... I said I so she can pass land on to him. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, huh. actually. Do, who, and Nynaeve doesn't know about that. Yeah. Who all knows, though, that Nynaeve and Lan are a thing? I guess, well, Maureen knew, and maybe she told Morel when she set the thing up. Maybe. I mean, she. I, I think Nynaeve, I think, sorry. I think Maureen told Morel to pass land on to Nynaeve. I think that was always the plan, right? So she has to know at least that that's the, the long-term goal, regardless of whether she knows there's a romantic interest there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I noticed that. No, it's okay. I just noticed that that there's a, a this thing happening, and they don't have an explanation for it. But I wonder if that that's the intention. Is mm-hmm. yeah. So Nynaeve stumbles into a meeting where the Aes Sedai are having Loghain tell his false story, which is that the Red Aja of the White Tower set him up as a false dragon. And the Aes Sedai are saying it, even though it's not true, because they believe that Swan can't lie, and Swan told it to them. Yeah, they think it's the truth, so it is the truth, so they can say it. Yeah, right, so Swan has gotten them to lie. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. The interesting loophole in the Aes Sedai truth thing, which makes perfect sense, right? Like, if otherwise it would be a really easy way to figure anything out, right? To start saying things until you can't say them anymore. Oh, (laughs) that's not true. (laughs) That's right. Mystery solved. Uh, I, I also think it's an interesting point that they're talking about how the Altarans are 
nervous because there's this like army on their doorstep. <laughs> it's something <laughs> yeah. I hadn't really thought about, but you bet they are. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be stoked about having this army forming here because that's how coups happen. You know, mm-hmm. that's how conquest happens. Mm-hmm. Logan is doing it because he just wants to hurt any Isada he can. Yeah, this is entirely fabricated, right? There's no truth to this whatsoever. Right, did not happen. Yep. And their their interest is just discounting Elida. Mm-hmm. And then Nynaeve, this sort of a Nynaeve goes around the town and sees a bunch of stuff chapter. Nynaeve sees Swan and Gareth Bryan uh, arguing in a very sexually charged way. <laughs> yeah, and I guess Bryan is getting kind of, Gareth Bryan is getting kind of restless too. Yeah, he wants to, to march. Yeah. Because he's got an army, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's kind of right though. I mean, that. The Aes Sedai are dragging their feet for some reason that we don't know. Yeah, I, I think they just aren't very decisive. I think they're used to being sort of passive and pulling strings. And this, you know, marching across country and winning wars is not what they do. Yeah. They don't have a really a command structure for that, right? They have sort of this council that argues a lot. They don't really have an Aes Sedai version of the commander. Yep, that's true. I think with all this waiting that the council is doing and with Nynaeve being frustrated, nobody here really realizes what a powder keg Nynaeve is. <laughs> because when she doesn't have something to do, she does things, right? Yeah. Like she goes off the reservation, way, way <laughs> off, right? She's so, someone you want to keep busy, right? Absolutely. Like the, the last time she had free time, she uh, captured the the Panarch of Terabon, and she fought Mogedian twice, and she pulled Bergita out of the dream world, uh-huh. and, like, it just went nuts. <laughs> yeah, she, she's, she's, she's very strong, and when she is bored and frustrated is when her, she can use her powers best, right? Yeah. But she has no, no, uh, like they're no playing chill, with right? fire, is what she I She has said. zero chill, so <laughs> yeah. if you piss her off... Then she's gonna like rend the world in half or something. She's yeah. gonna she's gonna cause the next breaking of the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She'll create a knife knight. Uh, uh, never mind. Instead of Eve, not, never mind. No, it no. was terrible. Explain it. No, I can't. It was bad. So you, you know, if the Eve is just before the night, and her name is Nine. Eve. Oh, yeah. Nine. 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 Hang up. Hang up. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Thanks for that not at all patronizing laugh. I appreciate that. But to your point, like people are spending a lot of time uh, telling Nani what she can't do, and it's just pissing her off. Like, yeah, right. This is this is how bad things happen to Nani's enemies. <laughs> that's right. It's one of the Aes Sedai. That's the one who's uh, overseeing the Altara meeting is talking to her about her healing thing is like, I don't know why you're doing this healing thing. It just, it's never going to work out for you. She's like, I'm going to heal this motherfucker. Yeah, I, yeah right? She <laughs> has this whole conversation, this Lelaine, she has this whole conversation with herself where she'll ask naive questions but answer them herself. Oh, God, I know. And then at the so end, she's like, And then at the end, she's like, oh, maybe, have you ever thought about cutting your hair? Because everybody <laughs> like, knows that naive in her brain is Yeah, I know, right? I, I imagine, like in the movie Kill Bill, whenever the main character sees one of her enemies and it zooms in her face and the music goes, <laughs> yeah, this this Aes Sedai does not know the line that she is treading right now. <laughs> right, she doesn't know how close she is. So Nynaeve is considering just escaping with Uno and Tom and Julin, who've just been sent off screen somewhere. Yeah, I was for- there, but yeah, I forget that Julin and Tom were in Abadisi. Did we know that? 
No, that that's just where they are now. They they've been sent off as scouts for the Isodai. So Morghese is also in Amadisia, right? Oh, that's a good point. That'd be an interesting thing. I wonder I wonder if that's where we're going. I wonder oh, if Tom and, yeah. and Morghese are gonna meet and how would that even go, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> they've got they've got some history. <laughs> right. How would that go? That's crazy. Saladar has lots of novices in training, like four times as many as there were in the tower before, because they started letting older people try out. Desperation, I guess, but but why they should have been doing this, this all along, right? Like why it was like they weren't even trying hard. Yeah, they they're complaining about how they don't have they don't have the numbers they used to, and they're just kind of slacking on the job, right? Yeah, right. Something interesting that I wanted to point out is we have this kind of weak explanation that the reason why I said I don't know much about women who are still just because they're uncomfortable being around them. Mm-hmm. But I have here uh, one of the yellows punishes. Nynaeve because she said that Nynaeve needs to stop persisting in quote trying to alter how the pattern has been woven and yes, I think but, that relates to yeah. how she's trying to study how um, Swan and Leanne have been stilled so they think it's just a fatalistic like part of the pattern thing that when somebody is stilled that's part of the pattern and you can't break yeah, it. Yeah that's very very disappointing. Nynaeve says in general she's disappointed that the yellow sisters don't have much to teach her. Yes in fact one of them even is trying to get her to just scrub floors the whole time because she has because she needs to give up her foolish notions and wasting time. Yeah, like, <sighs> frankly, I don't buy that excuse because I think that Aes Sedai, their whole deal is changing the way the pattern is woven, right? Like, that, they're not exactly, but kind of nudging the way that events are going. That's true. I, yeah. To me, that seems like such a lame excuse. It's, mm-hmm. it's annoying. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're covering for just their gross-out factor they have being around stilled women, or if they're just that close-minded. I think maybe they're just that close-minded. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a lot of uh, a lot of prejudice and a lot of restriction in the way that they allow themselves to operate, and it seems like it's holding them back a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're they're just not as strong as Elaine and Nynaeve. Maybe that's part of it too. Is they don't they don't want to believe their yeah. own. I mean, I, I try to put myself in their perspective. You know, what if I'm a a teacher or something? What if I'm a doctor? Right? Yellows are doctors. Yeah. And there's this student that is trying to heal something that I know can't be healed. Dead people. Dead people, sure, yeah. Bring dead people back to life. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm saying, like, don't waste your time, you know? You, you, you've you got your studies. You should be learning other stuff. But I don't but, know. But if along, like, hypothetically, if in, in this metaphor, along comes this super doctor who's able to heal things that nobody's ever been able to heal before, would you say, oh, don't try and heal dead people? That's stupid. Yeah, I guess I probably wouldn't. I think I'd probably be like, let them spin their wheels for a while, learn what we all learned and... In school, you know? Yeah. And I think so, it, it feels like some of the Aes Sedai are, are responding that way, but certainly not all of them. Yeah. I, Saladar really needs a shakeup in the, the way they do business. Well, then maybe Nynaeve is just the answer to that problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the other accepted Theodren, uh, like she's not really accepted, but she's not an Aes Sedai yet because they can't put him through the... The oath rod and everything. Okay. That's, that, I, was, I was actually going to ask. I couldn't... I was having trouble understanding... Why she wasn't Aes Sedai, because uh, it, it wasn't explicitly said. Yeah, they, that, they don't have the artifacts. So you can't be an Aes Sedai unless you do the, the yeah, Oath Rod. Which is a little dumb. You know, they know the last battle is coming. Maybe we could have use some, you know, killer Aes Sedai around here, like Nynaeve. <laughs> well, it's just a title, really, right? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but it's the Oath Rod thing. That's what they want her to do. Yeah. So, but anyway, Theodrin is trying to help her break her block, which is... A mental block that is preventing her from channeling unless she's angry. And apparently this is common to all wilders? This is something that I didn't realize. Or Yeah, I, I bet that's 
that's the only way really that you could be out there knowing you could channel without going to the Aes Sedai or being known by them, is if you didn't know you could channel when you were doing it. It's yeah. a survival strategy. Yeah. I guess also they, I think they mentioned that if you don't have someone to teach you how to do one power things, then you can kill yourself pretty easily. So maybe that's also part of it, you know? That could be part of it. But part of me wonders too if the Aes Sedai are kind of exaggerating that a little bit because they want to control every single woman who can channel. That's a good point. That seems likely. Yeah, because we know that like among the sea folk, they're not necessarily, they're sending a few to um, every year to Tarvalon of women who could channel just so that Tarvalon will leave them alone. But they have a bunch who don't go. Yeah. I thought it was kind of dumb that Theodrin's, her block was men. I thought that was kind of dumb. Oh, that was cringy. <laughs> but I did I mean, like the story. A, she was a girl, right? That's makes a little sense to I me. I can only channel if there's a man around. Girl wizard. <laughs> but I did I did think that the story about how they got her unblocked was kind of funny. The story's kind of funny, yeah. Found a cute boy with a twin sister and like surprise her that it's the sister, not the boy. Yeah. I mean, makes sense, right? I guess. I mean, if, if any of it makes sense, right? <laughs> so then Nynaeve goes back to pumping Mogedian for more info. And these interactions with Mogedian I found a little creepy because Nynaeve can sense her emotions, mm-hmm. but she never shows her emotions. Even like terror or, or pain or these extreme emotions that Nynaeve can feel, and Mogedian is just blank faced. That's probably true of most of the Forsaken, right? Like, it's got to be a survival tactic. Like, the. I, bet, I against... bet you could read something like a book. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. Some of the Forsaken. <laughs> yeah. We know that uh, Grendel, Semiraj are pretty good at hiding their, their yeah, yeah. emotions. They're also all really old. Yeah. And, and I think if you get to be an old Forsaken, then you probably are especially good at yeah. controlling yourself. I wonder if there are any Forsaken that are like professional poker players that always wear shades and a hat down low. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not good at controlling their tells, so they just, they just yeah. mask it all. <laughs> They're probably all really good at poker, I would imagine, because, you know, cheating. That's right. And they're evil. And they're also evil. <laughs> so they, Saladar has gotten an emissary from the tower, which uh, they don't know what the emissary is about, but it's probably not going to be a very pleasant meeting. No, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure everything's <laughs> fine. And Nynaeve's storm sense is going crazy, which I don't know if this is because it should be a storm, but the Dark One's touch is preventing it from happening, or is she getting like, some extended power about... She can sense conflict, strife, like a metaphorical storm? I think that Nynaeve has some sort of low-level foretelling ability, and I think that she's always thought of as a weather sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so in this case, it feels like her weather sense, but I think she's just sensing a a strife coming in. The way I read it is that at that moment, there was supposed to be hailstorms going on, so that my thought was that she can read the pattern, but the pattern is being... she can read the actual pattern that's there, but it's being manipulated and changed. Right, yeah. She can read the original pattern somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, we, we know that this it, is unnatural. Weather, a, right? Another explanation might be it's like the dice rolling in Matt's head because she's a Taveran. Oh, Nynaeve's a Taveran. Yeah. Hashtag Nynaeve Taveran or whatever. Yeah. Or, maybe she's, or, or maybe she's reading the weather from a different dimension of the oh, pattern. Could be that yeah. too. Yeah. Right? We also, I guess Nynaeve is also... What she's working on with Mogedian is learning to detect men channeling, which seems pretty useful. I didn't right? know that was even possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess... <laughs> Mogedian's like, I mean, you can do it, but nobody does because it gives you a headache. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a lame excuse. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. But this is... It's cool. I mean, I, I want and I need to learn more of this stuff. But Mogedian, this is just a bomb waiting to go off. That's how I feel about it. I completely agree. I, and I've, I've said this before. They need to kill Mogedian. 
Like having a Forsaken and like Asmodian was another deal. Like he was coming around and he was like kind of loyal. Mulgetian is none of those things. Like she is. And he could play really good music too, like scene appropriate music. <laughs> That's right. He was like, like it was like having a, an orchestra follow you around and play your theme music yeah. wherever you're going. Well, Getty's you know? not even good at cleaning clothes. Yeah, she's <laughs> she is just a like a pit viper in your shoe or something. I don't yeah, know. I mean, they should maybe if they maybe like gentle her or whatever you call it for women. Stilling. So she can't be too serious a problem, but she still has knowledge for them. Yeah, she could probably still teach them if she's stilled, right? Yeah. Maybe, because they talk about when they are learning from other Aes Sedai or women who can channel, you have to watch what they're doing. That's a good point. They're not letting Mogedian do that, so though, that, right? That's a funny thing, actually. From a pedagogical standpoint, how come they don't have channeling manuals? Manaling? Channuals? Manuals? Wait, whatever. <laughs> wait, wait, no, manuals is the word. <laughs> channuals? Yeah, well, yeah, like channeling manuals where they write down the basics of channeling. Why does Why is everything taught word of mouth? Maybe, uh, maybe it's what you just said. Don't they? I mean, maybe they do. Maybe in, in the White Tower they do have books that are like talking even, about the flower and stuff like that. Even the novices don't do that. Did they? When they were in the tower training, did they ever learn anything from books? History or anything? We didn't get a whole lot of detail about yeah, we don't what see they were their doing. Classes ever, do we? Yeah, they had libraries, but that's that's interesting to me because they talk about weaving and flows, and it's something that you can see, which tells me it's something you could draw, mm-hmm. at least for the simple ones. But is there like a, a theory and practice? I guess these people just don't know. Like they they've all got tricks that they know how to do by rote, but they they don't have a deeper understanding of why these things go together the way they do. They probably don't want to write it down because that information could get in the hands of someone else and they could lose that power. Yeah, I That's guess so. Yeah, they, they wouldn't want to to <laughs> add to the educational wealth of the world. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Or, I mean, it, it fits with the Aes Sedai's, you know, restrict, restrictions about it sharing information, right? They, they wouldn't want to record anything that was yeah. useful to anyone else. That just struck me, like in this particular case. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And also by. Get, get Mogadian to write books, right? But also by not having it written down, that's another way to scare women who can channel into coming to the tower. That's a good Because there's point. no other way for them to learn. That's a really good point. Actually. Yeah, they wouldn't, yeah. Want, they wouldn't want an Aes Sedai manual getting out into the world because then people wouldn't have to come to the White Tower and be bound, right? Oh, man, yeah. Copyright sucks. <laughs> <laughs> chapter 9, Plans. Icon of the Sunburst. Yeah, that's going to be a shitty chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually getting a little fed up here because this is, in my book, we're at like chapter, sorry, we're at like page 180 and we're still having these kind of foreshadowing evil people doing sneaky plans chapters. Yeah. And there hasn't been a lot of action yet. It's, for me... These chapters, especially with more gays, have almost become like the traveling chapters we complained about so much in, mm-hmm. I think, The Great Hunt. Because they're just sitting around and like, nothing's happening and nothing is changing, but we still have to grind our way through these chapters. Yeah, and these they're hard to follow. I, I think I can follow what's the stuff he's talking about, but he throws at you the names of all these places and all these kingdoms, and it's all half-truths and rumors about this person thinks that. And I don't know if we've heard the name Matt and Stephanaos before, but no. they talk about him a lot in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And he's not in the glossary either. So it's, it doesn't connect to any of the action that we've been on before. It's just really hard to follow. Yeah. yeah I, 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 uh, <laughs> it was actually at the end of the section uh, when we closed out this chapter. I just wrote down, all these things are happening and there's all these plans we don't know fuck about. You know, All of these chapters are just people talking about their plans in such a way that you have no idea what those plans are. Yeah, and 
if the previous books are anything to go by, what's going to happen is that all these plans are going to unfold very slowly, and then Rand is going to teleport in and kill this guy. <laughs> Which, the I end, mean, you know? that, that could be where this goes. Oh, the question is not if, it's who. <laughs> 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 who is Rand going to teleport in and kill this in this book? Is it Samuel? Yeah, right. Is it Pedro Neon? Because that's the whole thing, is he's the, the, the sword that cuts the Gordian knot, right? He's yeah. the thing that changes the equation. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing, the thing for me, too, one of the... I have not read a lot of fantasy historically and one of the reasons why i don't is because i feel like a lot of fantasy includes a lot of throwing names at you and places Mm -hmm. and i'm just not i'm not good at that i'm not good at keeping track of all those things in my head and i tend to just kind of like gloss over and so it's hard for me to keep track of all that yeah i am good at it and this is the third time i've read these books and i'm still having trouble keeping track of it you know this is really bad i was having trouble like i think it was at the end of oh it was the end of the first chapter from this section uh, when they mentioned Demandred, I was like, which one is Demandred again? I had to go look him up because <laughs> I knew he was one, I knew he was a bad guy, but I couldn't remember if he was the guy who's like floating around in the dreams, the, like the hunter or whatever. <laughs> I couldn't remember that guy's name or I couldn't remember if he was a forsaken or it's like, wait, the hunter guy, you mean Slayer? Slayer. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Slayer. Not oh, sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's all these like people floating around in the dream who are all dangerous people. I couldn't remember which one this guy was. Yeah, and and he's a forsaken. And now that we're at book six, like there's a shitload of people and places that we're supposed to be keeping track of. I, so if it makes you feel any better, Alice, I have to look up at least one name every chapter. And the glossary sucks. Yeah, you can't use the glossary anymore. Yeah, they, there's you, nothing useful in there. It's all things we already know. It's like yeah. it's for somebody who's at who's reading this book for the very first time in their lives. We know who Morgaze is. We know what the mere draws are. We know what the three oaths are. We know what Ogier are. There's nothing useful. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he stopped up updating the glossary after the third book I think it's just like whatever was in there and they just tacked yeah. it on to the end of every book you might be right there's a really solid wiki about this but unfortunately it's spoilerific so Pedro Nial is receiving a report from his joke of a spy master D- okay hold on now did we know that this children of light have a spy master because that's kind of off brand for them right the fact that they have a spy network and they're the, the seekers of truth I mean come on <laughs> yeah I think at Pedro Nial's level it's just another military power. That's yeah. all it is. I suppose so. They're, but at the low level, there are true believers, and they'd probably be like, like, why do we have spies? We should be rooting out the heretics or something. But yeah. anyway, this, this spy master is just for show, and he's an idiot. And he's actually pretty funny. He's one of my favorite characters. I, I know. I was like following his little things, and I was just like, <laughs> this guy is a conspiracy theorist. Like somewhere he has like a wall with a pegboard with a bunch of little pins connected by red yarn. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, talking about like the way he collects his information about the world is he goes drinking with people and asks them what they think. <laughs> the thing is, he has four predictions, and two of them are totally true. Yeah, I know the one about the Shanshen. He's dead on about yeah, that. Yeah, the right. Shanshen are back. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But, but, it's, but it's hard to tell what's real and what's not, though, because he's terrible at his job. Yeah, I know. But it, I, one thing I, that he did say that I think is probably true that I thought was interesting is that Matt and Stephanaeus, you know, we talked about this. This is the, yeah, the, king, of the king of Ilion, is also uh, saying he's going to side with Nial, which yeah. means that Samael, who's actually controlling Stephanaeus, is playing both sides, right? Right, yeah. So what right. is Samael up to? Yeah, maybe he's just delay him or who knows? Yeah. You know? Maybe he's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Have we gotten anything from his perspective? Samael? Samael? Mm-hmm. Just that one where he met with Grendel and was like, 
I'm totally putting one over on Grendel right now. Yes. Yeah, it's, it, we we don't know what he's up to. We know what a lot of people think he's up to, but I don't think we know what his plan is exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm developing my theory that he's the stupid Forsaken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe not stupid. He's just very specialized. He's good at military tactics, and that's like it. Yeah, right. He's the guy you want to bring to the the, the, the military fight, but nowhere else. Yeah, you bring him to board game night. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Except he's evil and he'll cheat. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to bring him to board game night. He's going to cheat and he's going to win. And it's going to be a really frustrating experience for everyone else. Yeah. And then along comes the real Spymaster. Yeah, his secretary, Balwer, who's maybe my second favorite character of this book so far. He's this... They talk about how he looks like a dry, rustling man with bony knees. And you never would think anything of him. But he doesn't trust anything. And you know what I thought? He may be the first and only atheist we meet in this book. Mm-hmm. Because Nial thinks of him like I don't think that guy even believes in the Dark One. He doesn't believe in anything. Yeah, I mean he 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 lists he, he mentions it periodically, but he's talking about the Aes Sedai, and he's like I don't think he actually believes that the Aes Sedai are inherently evil because he doesn't believe in anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he has no ideology at all, which is really unusual in these books. You know where you can see an Aes Sedai throwing fireballs around if you want to, so it's hard to not believe. Yeah, the one power is uh, something that directly influences the world, so it's hard not to believe in some sort of divine something, right? Yeah. I just I just think it's cute that Nial is such an optimist. He's like, you know, all these things are going against me, but I think I'm going to win in the end, you know? <laughs> he's just like, he's got such a bright, bright outlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still going with his plan, which is to let, quote-unquote, Rand rampage around the world in order to ally all the nations of the Earth together. Yeah. Because he thinks the last battle is coming, and, and he's going to lead them. So he doesn't believe in the Dragon Reborn, but he does believe in the last battle. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's, that's a convenient philosophy, I guess. It is indeed. Supported by nothing. Is it that he doesn't believe in the Dragon Reborn, or he doesn't believe that Rand is the Dragon Reborn? Uh, he doesn't believe... Well, I think he believe, he just doesn't believe the prophecies, and he thinks that the Dragon Reborn is not a real thing that's going to happen, and this is just another man who can channel, which is just pure evil, because all channeling is evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think he, would, he would probably say that the idea of the Dragon Reborn is a conspiracy peddled by the Tarvalon witches or something like that. Yeah. If I had to guess. And we learned that the Terran rebels that we found out about a few chapters ago are partly his work because he's been encouraging them to rebel. And the Dragon Sworn uh, terror squads that have been rolling around, we, I think we knew those were him. Yeah, I think that it's in a previous chapter that he sends out uh, that one, I think he's a dark friend. Jai Jim Carradin. Yeah, the, the super evil... You know, yeah, mean. to just turn everybody against Rand. Yeah. Which is mean. It's not very nice. Uh, he at, During the scene, he gets a message from Tanchiko that the Shanshin are there, and he says, ah, that's crazy, and throws it away. Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's information that we have only had hinted at, at up until now, I think, right? That yes. That Tanchiko is held by the Shanshin? That's right. That's new to us. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is a big deal, because the Shanshin, every time they show yeah. up, wreck shop. And we might know this... If not for the Children of the Light's fake dragon sworn creating chaos everywhere in that region. That's true. Yeah. And so Tanchika, just for reference, is just south of Falm. So the Shanshin may not have actually all actually left, right? They just kind of retreated a little bit. That's right. Well, those the ones that landed were the forerunners. They right. weren't the whole army. Right. They were just sort of the advance guard. <laughs> so these guys, uh, maybe they are the whole army. Who knows, right? Yeah. We learned a few other things, too, from Balwer, that the Ogier are meeting yeah. with each other. And 
We also learned that there's an unusual number of sea folk ships that are just kind of hanging out in the southern ports, not doing anything. Yeah, so there's something big is happening with both of those, which I would love to know more about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balware also reports that Brand has been reported reliably in Kyrian, Camelin, and in Terror all the same day. <laughs> and he's like, nah, that's impossible. But it's not impossible if he can channel, right? No, I, well, yes and no, right? We know that traveling is a skill that nobody else has had in a thousand years. So even if you're familiar with channeling, you might say that is unlikely. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, he's better informed than he knows, right? Yeah. And he's disregarding this stuff. He's, he's trying to manipulate public perception of the Aes Sedai and, and get everybody on his side, even though everybody in the world hates the White Cloaks. So I can't imagine things being dire enough to turn to the White Cloaks. Although the, but he's like, he's, he's not using all the information that he has, right? He's still in the dark. I think that the rumors that he's planting are, they, they sound effective to me, though. They're the kinds of things that have enough of a ring of truth that yeah. they could take off. And if those rumors take root, then it could cause some serious problems for all of the Aes Sedai, right? Yeah, but he, since he's not, since he doesn't actually have the full information, he's not going to do what he wants. It's just chaos, right? Well, that's, that's true. That's what's going on, right? Lord of chaos. I'm, yeah. I'm curious... If if rumors even really do anything, though, because the cities are so far removed from each other and travel is so bad that it doesn't seem like if you say something in Falm that it's going to have much traction in Amador, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like those, that information has been spreading relatively quickly. Like the stuff that's happening in Andor, for example, has spread all over. People know about that. And, and I, I guess... If it's information that they have their pigeon networks, I think that you know maybe that could explain how it's moving a little faster than than foot travel because mm-hmm. it, it, you're right, it does take a long time for anyone to get anywhere. I think mm-hmm. it takes. They've said it's a couple months to get from. You know. And even something as major as the Shanchen coming back, like that is that's the biggest piece of information anybody could possibly get. There's still this guy, the Neal just happens to get it in a pigeon. It's not something that's well known by other people, and he just kind of shrugs it aside. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, the, if the Shanshan show up, it will ruin everyone's plans because they they have a military force that is mostly unstoppable, right? Because they have mm-hmm. they have their Aes Sedai that aren't restricted by yeah, you know, yeah. Aiel versus Shanshan. I don't know. I am yeah. very much hoping that the Shanshan doesn't end up being a thing because I hated them so much the first go round. Yeah, I think it's likely that they're going to be just because like they they've been hinting at them at yeah. this point. So I'm, I'm afraid we're going to have another Shanshan invasion. Well, the thing is. I, the Shanchen themselves are kind of interesting. I find their society interesting, but True. just I think I just got burned out on all the chapters of the Egwene more or less torture porn. Yeah, right. Hopefully I, they can avoid that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you, Alice. I think that their society and their structure and everything about their military is is, is kind of cool. They have mm-hmm. you know weird creatures that they've employed and all that. So I like I like all that stuff. But yeah, I, I could do without the. The torture porn slavery. Yeah. If we could do the Shanshan without a whole lot of chapters into the Adam and Soldom and Domine and all that, I would be very happy. Yeah. So Morghese is living in a gilded cage in Amadisia. <laughs> I wrote exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the bird in the gilded cage. Yeah, she's off falconing with her ladies that wait on her, but she's always followed around by a squad of white cloaks to prevent her from escaping. And she's trying to play any angle she can, get any information she can to try and make her way back to the throne, but she seems completely hosed to me. This was a really bad idea. I really like Morghese. I don't always like how she's written, because sometimes I think she does. she's written to do things that don't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but I think overall her character is, is pretty cool, and I think that she's strong and resourceful, so 
I think I could see her coming out of this on top, though I don't know how yet. I guess so. I feel like her situation was better when she was just living in Basil Gill's Inn, right? <laughs> that is probably true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amadicia has not been to her advantage. She is essentially a prisoner now, and it feels like the only way she's getting out of this right now is by turning Andor over to the White Cloaks, which we yeah. know that she's... She actually can't do, right? Because if the White Cloaks ride 5,000 guys in there, ran and just kill them all. It's true. And and the best thing that Morghese can do is, is, is get Rand on her side, right? Absolutely, yeah. But she's still operating under the assumption that Rand is a bad guy, right? We don't know that, I think. I, uh, we, we know that she's aware of certain things that are happening and she's uh, suspicious of certain things. But we, she had that information source. We don't know what she learned from that, that one kid who stumbled into her, uh, her dressing room or whatever from Andor, right? Yeah, that's right. The dark friend. Was he? Oh yeah, the probable dark. I friend. think he's a dark friend, and he's with her now at the Falcony. Is that? Is he's he? that guy, Peter Connell. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because all those names, right? Yeah, all those names. Uh, so she might turn to the Great Lord of the Dark. That might be a way out of this. Mm-hmm, that's true. That would be an interesting twist. Yeah, Morgay's the Forsaken. Morgaken. Mor. Morgay's Morsaken. Morsaken. That's better. Morsaken. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good actually. Yeah. Morsaken. Morsaken. <laughs> People are really taking this breaker of bonds thing to heart, apparently. They're talking about all these people are just, like, leaving their families and just, like, wandering yeah. off because... I didn't know. Do you think that that dude, the white cloak that was saying this is why everybody's wandering around is because Rand has inspired them to leave aside their responsibilities? Is he right? It's I thought maybe he say. was a crazo and these people are just refugees because the economy are. is trash. And the, you know, winter never came, right? And also there, there's a... A white cloak army disguised as a raiding party burning people's farms out. Exactly, right? That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's a perfectly good reason for these people to be doing what they're doing. Yeah. I would like to end this by saying, I wish I knew literally what anyone was planning at this point. Because I feel like <laughs> I have no idea where anyone's going. I, I, we have all these yeah. hints, but no actual substance. And we're almost a third of the way through. Yeah. It's, like, it's still foreshadowing, you know. But there you are. Mm-hmm. There you are. So, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 10 through 12 of Lord of Chaos. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Armadillo Podcasting Club. And if you like us that much, please check out our other podcast, Muggles with Attitude, where we do the same thing for the Harry Potter books. Until next time, the, the light, light illumine you. you.